0: Hey, it's me, Yannick, and welcome to another episode of Yannick's Circle. And guess what, y'all? Kevin is back. You gonna say something? Of course, I am.
1: <laughs> it's wonderful to be back. Um, uh, I'm sorry I missed episode two, but I'm back uh today with a uh poetry moment. Um, uh, I want to read to you guys or recite to you guys my first poem that I ever wrote, and uh. We're definitely going to talk about poetry today. So here we begin. Um, The poem is called The Mirror. Of course, by Kevin Lamar Scott. And it's uh, from the book, The Mirror, The Odyssey Within. I cried out for freedom. My oppressor I could not see. Tired of all this pressure. Need to be free. Wanted to blame others for the problems inside of me. Trying not to see my enemy stare back at me. Should I confront him or let it be? Take a stand. For liberty. Now I'm just a ship, lost at sea, floating hostility, living in self-pity, denying, denying reality, being a coward to society. As I broke the mirror, it began to break me, shattered dreams of my philosophy. And that's the first poem I ever wrote.
0: <laughs> that was pretty good. How long? How long has it been? Like when did you write that one?
1: I was 33 years old. So. If, probably 18 years ago Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh, it was the first poem I ever wrote Um, I was inspired in poetry um, when I was nine years old I was um, I had a crush on this young lady and I recited the first poem I ever recited um, it was called You Love Yourself okay so I'm going to recite that for you too off the top of my head oh okay go ahead Here it is. You love yourself. You love yourself. You think you're grand. You go to the movies and hold your hand. You put your arm around your waist. And when you get fresh, you slap your face. So, yeah, for my first girlfriend, I ever got off that point. And there it is.
0: If you're listening.
1: (laughs) And it was many years later. uh, Though I did well in English and history, I I tended to go toward more history, but Mm -hmm. um, I was doing some self-reflection probably in my early thirties. And I was remembering uh, my my college days at UNC Wilmington. And I was inspired by uh, a relationship I had with someone and, and she broke up with me. So I wrote a whole book kind of surrounding my surrounding that and then this poem came to me so the book is called The Mirror, The Odyssey Within uh, mm-hmm. it was published in 2004 it's currently out of print mm-hmm. uh, but what was significant about that was it was a, just a time in my life where I was just going through you know, a lot of things um, and before the book got published my brother had passed away
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, it was during the editing part of it, so I dedicated the book to him. And um, it, it's just—it's a passion of mine. I mm-hmm. think from that point, uh, I began to do spoken word around you know clubs and. Um, when I went back to UNC, uh, UNCC, I also was doing spoken word on campus. So, okay, it's—it's—it's it's, it's just something that. I just love to do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's just it's just been a significant part of my life. But okay. uh, uh, if you want to talk about what really influenced me, it was actually, it, 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 it comes to a whole different level. You know, in 1993, I met Tupac Shakur, Club New World. So I did security for him. And after he died, uh, um, he had a a book that came out, and a poem, The Rose That Grew From Concrete. So he became my favorite poet. He's my favorite uh, rap star, hip-hop pioneer. Uh, But I'll I'll, I'll leave uh, for part two. I'll tell you a little bit more about Tupac and our dealings back in the day, so. But he inspired me. um, And I wanna read to you his point uh, that really inspired The Mirror, The Odyssey Within. I'm gonna do that. So, once again, it's called from Tupac, The Rose That Grew From Concrete. Did you hear about the rose that grew from a crack in the concrete? Proving nature's law is wrong, it learned to walk without having feet. Funny it seems, but by keeping its dreams, it learned to breathe fresh air. Long lived the roads that grew from concrete, when no one else ever cared. So mm-hmm. to me, that's very inspiring to me because when, no matter what circumstances that you come from or where, where where you are in life, you can always overcome obstacles that are in your way. You can always, you know, long as you know you got breath in your body and life, and you're determined, you can come from nothing and be something. True. So, my whole life, I've always wanted to inspire people, uh, and I think in some ways I've done that. You know, I'm, I'm like anybody else; I have my flaws and and issues. Um, you know, but poetry is what keeps me alive. It's, it's what I do It's what I'm about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and like I say the mirror that is within part two is coming. And part two is going to be uh, self published uh, exclusively on it's just us boutique. They'll have the exclusive rights to it. Um, and it's something that, like, say, I have a passion for. And you know, the, the thing about, you know, that I loved about Tupac is, you know, you and him are born on the same day. Yep. And so, and y'all are a lot alike in a lot of ways.
0: <laughs> Those Geminis, you know. I tell you.
1: <laughs> but you don't, you're the, the nicest Gemini I ever met. So.
0: Well, I'm glad you, don't, you said that because you don't that, I know I can't be the nicest all the time. But I'm no, nah, you, you don't
1: have that, that proverbial flip. You don't have that. It's not in your nature. You're a mm-hmm. very nice. You're the nicest Gemini. Most Gemini's, I'm telling you, are crazy.
0: Yeah,
1: nuts. And Aries is about as nuts as you can get, but they're loyal. We're very loyal people, and oh. um, it's just like I said. Um, and As we go along in this podcast, Yannick has given me the privilege of, uh, you know, doing a poem uh, for each broadcast, which be one. But today, there'll be a couple more poems I'll read. And, um, you know, who's who's your favorite poet, Yannick? Excluding me, sis. Excuse me. me.
0: Anyways, um, I, believe it or not, am in love with Maya Angelou and um i have like almost all of her books and i love langston hughes and i just got this collection of his stuff like not that even that long ago i had kept telling myself i would get it you know and it just kept i kept forgetting about it and i was like crap then one day when i went to bars and Noble, i was like you know what let me get something other than like a novel right I said, let me go and get some poetry, and then when I saw him, I was like, that's who I want to get, because I want to read more of his stuff that I don't know about, you know, and the more that I did, I was like, oh my God, I love him, you know, so, it's, oh, I just love him to death, and that's really all who I read, like, I need to start reading more, because I do like poetry, you know, so. I just got to read more of it than, you know, with my schedule. I'm trying to do so many things at one time, but you always got to make time out for yourself, you know. And that's what I finally, in the beginning, say just learning how to do is make time for myself and then kind of go from there. Because, you know, like some of y'all know, I've had some personal stuff go on and it's still going on. And the things are a little bit different right now. And I'm trying to get myself back to me, you know, and go from there. But, yes, the book and, you know, Kevin's book will be available on my website um, soon. Not sure when, but it will definitely be soon. We'll be working on that. And if you don't know, um, if you the way you can find it is on Etsy. Go to Etsy.com. And in that search part, you type in it's just us boutique because somebody already did just us. My boutique is called just us boutique, but I had to throw that it's on there to uh, get it going. So if you type that in just one word, I will pop up and then you see my stuff, which you can buy now, (laughs) you know, but as time go on, even with this podcast, I'll be doing different things and different episodes Even with my online business, I'll be doing stuff and adding new products, inventory to it as well. Um, I'll be doing some giveaways, gift cards, things like that. But it's coming, you know, slowly but surely. And for somebody that's not, um, that didn't get a loan from the bank or anybody or whatever, doing it out of my own pocket. I think I'm doing pretty good because I'm doing it at the pace I need to be doing it right now. So, But yeah, but your poetry, you know, I love it. And I can't wait to see what else you have in store for it, for sure. But, you know, speaking of, like I already told you, Langston Hughes is my favorite, right? So um, there's two books that I want to plug in because I'm actually reading one of the two books right now. But this first book, a lot of people may know this author called sister soldier and if you've read her one of her books called the coldest winter ever it's kind of like what happened years later from that story and it's such a good book because um the uh book is called life after death and i'm just gonna read like the insert in the book so that way y'all can get a you know know what's going on with him says 20 years ago sister soldiers debut novel the coldest winter ever became a best-selling cultural phenomenon readers fell in love with the unforgettable winter santiago daughter of a prominent brooklyn drug-dealing family who captivated her lovers friends and enemies with her sexy street smarts for two decades readers have begged for answers about what happened to winter Now all is revealed in Sister Soldier's page-turning sequel, filled with her trademark passion, danger, temptation, and adventure. With her jail sentence coming to a close, Winter is ready to step back into the spotlight and reclaim her throne. So all she went through in the first one ended up in prison. Now she's going to be out of prison in this new book, but then she's still doing what she did before she got in there. But you know it's, a, it's more stuff to it, so it's very it's a very good good book. I'm telling you, very good book. Have you read any of Sister Soldier's books, Kevin? I have not read
1: her books, but I have read all of Maya Angelou and like second favorite <laughs> poet.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm,
1: it's between Tupac and him. I believe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I actually <clears throat> was was working on a book, with it's been out uh, mm-hmm. ten years.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Zephyr. He's an African poet who is extremely talented, who can speak French, and so mm-hmm. with his poems he goes from English to French, and it's just a beautiful experience um, mm-hmm. with him. And mm-hmm. in that, I, I contacted Maya Angelou and I was able to talk to her.
0: Oh cool.
1: Okay. In our conversation, I found her to be um, not, not not a nice person. Oh, wow. Really? Missed me. Mm -hmm. Um, She was just not not cooperative, not willing to even say something nice. She wanted money to meet with her, and I was shocked by that. Um, But it just goes to show when you you get Hollywood, when you get up there, Mm -hmm. for us, from where she came from, Mm -hmm. um, it showed me a lot about her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I was disappointed but that's just my meeting with her I'm not saying that she's a horrible person I just, I just find her not to be uh, receptive to other poets that's my
0: uh, well she thought she was like all that and she was the only one like what
1: yeah it was just before she died so uh-huh. oh, okay, it was mm-hmm. that we were um, uh, trying to get some perspective from her Mm-hmm. on some things, and she really um it, it was it was it was crazy and then we spoke to her assistant mm-hmm. and it was not a good conversation, both of them were not good conversations and um but that's okay you know um she's she's a great poet and writer, but not my not my favorite person in the world right, but you know that's understandable i mean i think all poets have egos we all mm-hmm. have egos
0: mhm yeah
1: some famous i just think you sometimes you mm-hmm. forget where you came from and that's what my thoughts on her personally mhm mhm so um and that, well, that, that well, my mm-hmm. my experience with her and mm-hmm. i was just uh it was just unfortunate that it happened that way yeah uh, But like I say, but, you know, Langston Hughes, absolutely, absolutely love his poetry. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I've studied him in college and I've studied him over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but uh, it was, it was, it was just, it was a bad experience. And Uh, I didn't, I didn't expect that. mm -hmm. I didn't expect that. So. uh,
0: Such a talent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And God, God, God rest our soul.
0: Yeah. You yeah. just never know about, you know, so-called, you know, I guess, celebrities or whatever. Because we all know, like, just being in that spotlight sometimes, you know, that triggers things, too. But then when you haven't done it in a while, mm-hmm. you know, especially like being in the spotlight or in a while, and then somebody come at you and you're acting that way, you know, I'm just like, well, what's wrong with you? You know, or whatever. But, you know, but gosh, she... Uh, we can't say nothing bad about her poetry, <laughs> but, you know, it's like you say, it was her, I guess, at that time that her is a person. Yes. Yeah. But, oh, and the other book, um, that second book I was talking about. I don't like this author. Like, I'm actually still reading this one. And this author is, is fairly a new author. I believe she was like, I want to say because I, I read about her. When I first got the book, well, let me back up. I get emails from Barnes and Nobles and um, this book had popped up. You know how they always say a spotlight or, you know, trying to get a book out there so you could go check it out, see what it's about. Well, something, it just caught my attention. So when I went out there with Amaya, I was like, let me look at this book and see. And then when I read about it, I was like, it sounds pretty interesting. Her name is, I want to say Sherry Jones. Okay. And this, um, I think, cause I read about her when I first saw the book and this was like a month or so ago. And I think she's like an attorney, like in Barbados somewhere. I forgot what it is. And I should have just looked it up before we got on here, but you know, she's kind of like, I guess, well known where she's from. Mm-hmm. And so this book, um, It's pretty interesting. I can't say too, too much about it because I haven't finished it. Mm -hmm. But I'll I'll tell you what the, you know, the little insert says. Um, The book is called How the One-Armed Sister Sweeps Her House. And right, that title alone, I was like, what? What's going on? So um, it's this character called Lala. Mm -hmm. And she has a grandmother named Wilma. And um, the grandma tells this story about this one armed person, this one armed sister. So it's like a cautionary tale, you know, about what happens to girls who like, you know, disobey their mothers and go into this like tunnel. They call it the Baxter's Tunnels. And I guess it's according to like Baxter's Beach Barbados. So I guess it's somewhere down there or whatever. And so, like, it's very interesting. So it's like it says how the one-armed sister sweeps her house is an intimate and visceral portrayal of interconnected lives across race and class in a rapidly changing resort town told by an astonishing new author of literary fiction. So, you know. I'm just waiting to see what else is going to happen because it is a page turner. It started out a little slow at first. And I guess it's because I haven't she's new, you know, so I, I haven't read nothing else if she had published something. But like but still, like if you keep going with it, it's very interesting so far. So I just wanted to throw those two books out there because I love Sister Soldier's work and I love the book Life After Death. Some people didn't like it. I liked it, but this how the one arm sister sweeps her house. It's pretty interesting so far. So we'll see how this playing out. But yeah. um, but yeah. So, uh, did you wanna? You say something about a, another poem or something? Or
1: yeah, I do. Uh,
0: okay. You. Okay. Well, I guess today is about poetry, <laughs> or you know, some kind of story, or some kind of, you know inspirational you know something that happened to you and then you put it into your poetry and then you know it works you know so take it away Kevin
1: All right. so this is called Soulmate something that uh, something that I've never encountered in my life whoever she is out there hopefully one day I'll encounter you but the the poem is called Soulmate beauty in the sunrise lingers Fingers pointing to deliver the shadow of a ringer. Invisible emotions expressed as a trigger. Shots fired to reduce the bitter. I cry as the oceans plunge, drying up in the desert sun. Raining thoughts turn to a drizzle. Intensity cradles to intentional. Inflicted the criminal. Broken hearts returned as a rental. Conditioned to critical. Played to the crowd. Roaring in ritual. Laughing as the curtain falls in regret. Searching for the person I never met. So that's uh that's deep. So yes, that's very deep. So it's something I've never met in life. I, mm-hmm. Uh but I'm not I haven't given up hope. Uh, and but it's one of my my favorites that I wrote. It's mm-hmm. I'm it's published in Broken Reflections uh by Johnny Zephyr, Johnny Z. Mm-hmm. And um uh it's it's great. But getting back to celebrities Johnny what celebrities have you met, and how did you get? Or how were you treated by them? <laughs> so you can we can begin, you know, wherever you want. And I've got a few little celebrity stories.
0: Um, I mean, as far as personally meeting,
1: if, if just being in their presence, speaking to them, what
0: uh-huh.
1: you know what emotions you were having so
0: okay well who you have Amaya Amaya was how old was my baby she was still look like she wasn't even going to school yet and uh, like she didn't start kindergarten yet so she was before she was even five I was working at Best Buy Mm -hmm. and they had this training going on it was really like an all-week training but all of us couldn't do like go out of town for a whole week. So since I had Amaya and my mom was taking care of her, it still couldn't work out that way. So they finally had it to where some of us could go on the weekend, like two weekends in a row. And I was like, well, that works. So it was with the same group of people. It was like two people from my store and um, one Person from the other store in town, so we all clicked. We had a good time, or whatever. And then after the the um, meetings that we had, we were free to do whatever we wanted. So we decided to go to the mall one day. Oh my god, y'all have Charlotte has so many freaking malls there. I want to say it was South Park Mall. I'm not sure because I could have sworn it was. Well, I could have sworn where. um, what is that? Where's Cheesecake Factory at?
1: That's South Park Mall.
0: I That's know. what I thought. I so, yeah. right. So we went there to eat, which that was actually my first time then going to Cheesecake Factory. Because up here in Asheville, there's not a Cheesecake Factory. I think the closest one was uh, is in Greenville, South Carolina. But I've been there. But down in Charlotte, I was my first time going. We go through the mall, and everybody that knows me knows I love Louis Vuitton, right? They had that store. I went nuts because I'd never seen it before. I felt like I was 10, you know, in a candy store. So we're going through the mall and stuff, and then it was somewhat quiet. Then all of a sudden, we hear this loud screaming. I said, what in the world? I thought, of course, a fight or something broke out or whatever, then I see this, all these people coming, running up my, our way. And then I look, and then I hear somebody say, that's Chris Brown. That's Chris Brown. This was when he was like in his prime, you know, he was everything, you know, everybody loved him, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm like, oh my God, Chris Brown, you know, cause he was, he's a big celebrity, big superstar. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed one girl. I mean, she rest in peace. She actually passed away. Uh, recently. Um, Her name was Carrie and I was like, let's go, let's go, get your phone, let's go. So we go and I kid you not, we were like within like inches of Chris Brown, right? And I was like, oh my God, Chris, I love you. Like just being in in the crowd or whatever. Mm -hmm. Carrie wasn't a big fan but still was a celebrity. That's well known. So she up here recording it too and taking pictures and you know, put it on Facebook, all this kind of stuff. So That was one interaction. I thought it was pretty cool. Like, he had all these people around him screaming for himself. You know, he had his bodyguards around him, too. So and it's not like we could touch him or whatever. But he ended up going to, like, Foot Locker, I think. And, you know, they locked the doors and we couldn't go in. But then I guess there was a door or something back there because he didn't come back out. Like, Mm -hmm. he he was in there for, like, a minute, and then he went out and, you know, whatever. I want to say, because it was in March of whatever that year was, and you know how they have that um, tournament there. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it called? Um, uh, Mm C-I-A-A? And, yeah, and I know celebrities there all the time, because before we even got to them all, they said T.I. was there and, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But then I actually got to see this big-time person, and I was just like, oh, my God. I could have touched him, but... You know, his bodyguards was, like, blocking everything. But then Jagged Edge is another group I kind of met, and I kind of almost brushed against one of the twins, and (laughs) I about died because I thought, to me, back then, I thought Brian, that twin, was the cuter one because mm-hmm. he had the slimmer face,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Brandon had the fatter face, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Oh my god!" So they were in Charlotte as well because we went to Charlotte a lot, and um, my stepdad's um, some of his people lived there, so that's why we got to go a lot of the times. And plus, I'm originally from Charlotte, but and my mom would never not like Charlotte, like she—that's just her city besides Chicago. And they were what you remember how they used to do those festival things. Like, I don't know if it was downtown somewhere, but it was outside and then they had like vendors and stuff or whatever. I know it was called something, but I just can't remember what it was. But of course, when I saw it's Jagger festival, it was
1: a festival. Yeah. Oh,
0: OK. Mm-hmm. So my sister, the youngest, who is like in her 20s now, <laughs> this goes to show you how long this was. When she was in diapers, um, that's when, you know, Jagged Edge was popping, right? And they were singing their songs and all that. And then I'm starstruck, you know, because I'm still like a teenager. So I'm starstruck. And I'm just like, oh, my God, there's Brian. And then, then they get down because they, now, cause they, they had to go to a table to start doing the autograph and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking down for whatever stupid reason. And then I look up. And here he comes, and he brushes against me. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I about fainted just on that little thing right there. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. So, you know, I mean, I haven't really had any big, big moments. But that was pretty big stuff. And then one more person that I can think of is he's not really big time. But if you watch the Cosby show, religiously like how yeah. I did when it was on during that time frame, you would know the characters. So mm-hmm. um what's is it Elvin or Mel what was his name?
1: Elvin and Elvin you know, made a comeback. Um he had start working mm-hmm. what uh a regular nine to five job, and people were teasing.
0: Right, I remember that story. Yeah, but like after the Cosby's, he I didn't really know what he was in, mm-hmm. and so he actually came to Asheville to do this little seminar on like to like yourself, like a self yes. reflect type thing. Self reflection, yes. Yeah, and so he. I got to go. My mom let me go. And, of course, the news was there recording it because, you know, it was something like that in Asheville happens. You know, you got to see it, you know, have it on the news. But I got to meet him personally because he came one by one to each of us, shook our hands, you know, introduced himself, and we introduced ourselves to him. And, you know, we got to talk to him for a little bit. So I thought that was cool, even though it was him. But still, he was around Bill Cosby and Felicia Rashad and, You know, Malcolm Jamal, like all these other superstars, I would say that's pretty neat to have someone that you've seen on TV for so long. And then they come to old Asheville and it's just like, oh, wow. But now Asheville is even more popular today. You know, like we got a lot more stuff going on. We got more celebrities coming through. We got the orange Peel now to where a lot of those acts come to that Cause that's kind of like our little venue besides like the coliseum or whatever mm-hmm. but the orange peel i think is supposed to be setting something for outside now so it can be a lot more space you know for people to come because the orange Peel is not that big inside so like you know we've had like pharrell come through ice cube um god just a lot of people that came through and it's like ice cube that's big time you know to me anyway but yeah, but those are the three that I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, and I was pretty excited about it. You know, I was younger, too. So, you know, you get excited about a lot more things when you're younger. Yeah, but, I've done
1: um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I've done security for a couple of governors. Mm-hmm. I've done governors of North Carolina. Mm-hmm.
0: I've
1: done the, the two you know most prolific with Tupac. Mm-hmm. Tupac was a cool asshole okay explain that <laughs> i'm gonna leave it at that <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay i mean we all knew he but, didn't really like hide you yeah, know yeah, yeah but but,
1: but uh, michael jordan I mm-hmm. eight hours with him i was right by his side and okay. Ass- straight asshole mm.
0: well did you see that special
1: um, the last dance I love, I love Michael Jordan. I'm a bit. I'm his, one of his I am too, I love ever. him,
0: yes.
1: But personally speaking, I knew his mother, his mother's a, a beautiful lady. Be mm-hmm. hard, I knew her well, mm-hmm. but he was an asshole. Wow. That's just my uh, opinion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but, you know, life goes on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, But I met him twice. Now, he was nice when I met him in Wilmington in the store at two o'clock in the morning.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: he was cool but when i had to really deal with him for eight hours and maybe he was in a bad mood that day Mm -hmm. uh, it it was some work for the michael jordan foundation but i've done a lot of uh, i met a lot of celebrities when i worked at the radio station for three years
0: oh speaking of athletes duh uh brad doherty you know uh yeah he's a nice guy yeah, yeah he really is he would like when i worked at best buy he came in there a lot because he would be um, getting ready to go to Charlotte, I guess, for the race car stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And every time he comes in, he speaks. He's a well-spoken person and he speaks to everybody. And it's like we're all up there in this face and stuff asking questions. And it seemed like he don't mind it. You know, I forgot about him. And then uh, Jeff Dunham, um, that ventriloquist guy.
1: Yes, uh, yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan. I truth. didn't
0: really know him. Like working at Best Buy, like the media part, I knew him of that sort. But like when he came in, then I, you know, I realized who he was, of course. But I didn't never really look at none of his stuff. And then, but he's like in person, and I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. I'm and huge, then huge fan. Yeah, and Love. he's supposed to be coming to Asheville sometime this year or next year. I can't remember. But yeah, and I wouldn't mind seeing it because I have since then seen some stuff on like Netflix or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think he's pretty funny. And then, of course, Mr. Roy Williams, like I know he's retired now and stuff like that. And he's been seen recently by a few people I know, like here in town. Because they posted on Facebook. But then when I was working at Best Buy, it seemed like a lot of people come through Best Buy because we're right there mm-hmm. by the interstate. Um, I was in the back and somebody came and said, Yanni, guess who's here? I was like, who? And it was like, Roy. I was like, no, he's not. And then I went out there and about lost it. I was like, oh, my God, he's so short. And all this kind of stuff. Because, you know, TV does make you look tall. And I was like, oh, my God, he's so short. But he's a really nice, nice person. Like, for real. Like, so dope. I saw him on the train, and we we but had Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a. I saw him on the train just walking in Charlotte Mm
1: -hmm. downtown when I got on. Oh
0: wow, yeah.
1: So it was it was pretty cool. I've never been that. uh, I've never really met him. Been that's the closest I've been to him. I saw him walk by a little train station. Yeah, (laughs) that was it. And people were just yelling and screaming and. uh, uh, Yeah, pretty much. Now I'm gonna tell you the celebrity I met, Shaq. Shaq.
0: oh yeah
1: magic johnson Mm -hmm. al sharpton okay the the celebrity that that had and i and i did security for michael jordan but the celebrity that had caused an uproar Mm -hmm. a riot in the bank lobby of bank of america was james brown came through
0: are you serious (laughs) Oh, oh my
1: lord i mean it was we the police had to be called it got so crazy
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah man, they they trapped him in, they wouldn't let him move and um that's when I was a uh, assistant security director at Bank of America Plaza. And that that uh, that to me was that Well, you saw Chris Brown had to ride? Well mm-hmm. this was this was crazy. This was I mean, when you had to call the police to get it.
0: right. And, he uh, had it like that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he was an
1: amazing uh mm-hmm. uh performer, dancer. Just everything, you know. That's pretty cool. But I guess this ends the
0: Yeah, it ends the episode. But one more thing, when you were talking about Shaq real quick, yeah. Um, there's a show on I believe Hulu has it. If it's not Netflix, it's Hulu. It's one of the two called Hot Ones. Mm -hmm. And pretty funny. It's this guy hosting it, and it's like a line of chicken wings, and each Mm -hmm. chicken wing has some hot sauce on it. And as you eat one, it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. Well, he has a celebrity. He interviews a celebrity on each episode. So, like, every time they ask a question or whatever, then they, you know, eat a wing, you know, and see how far they can go up. You know, it, and it's so funny to see their reactions. Shaq is on one of those episodes. Mm-hmm. Please, y'all, watch that one and with Kevin Hart because they are the two funniest ones that's on those episodes. Like, you really got to watch it. So, um, with that being said, was there anything else before we wrap up for tonight?
1: Yes, this this episode is sponsored by FunderburgSoaps.com. The soap made with love.
0: And that's you and uh, your brother, right?
1: That's what I, I help him in, in the business.
0: Well, yeah, you, I you do a good amount. Yeah, you you help him out. So if y'all didn't catch that, it's FunderburkSoaps.com. And go check it out. I bought some excellent soaps. I love it. The cherry blossom, I love. So <laughs> um, until next time, guys, peace.
1: Peace out.